This is an AMI podcast. Hello, my friends and future friends, of course. I am Jenny, and you're listening to Low Vision Moments, the podcast all about those sometimes frustrating, potentially awkward, but often pretty comical things that happen when you are really just trying to go about your day living with a visual impairment, blindness, or albinism. This is episode lucky number seven, which also happens to be my jersey number in goalball. So yeah, I have a pretty good feeling about this one. So let's just get to it. Our theme this episode is food fumbles. We're talking all food, drink, kitchen-related, blind, and low-vision moments. And I guarantee I have picked the perfect guest for this episode. A little preemptive pat on the back for me here. My guest is an old, old friend. I'm not talking about his age. We're the same age and we're not old. Uh, But (laughs) he's one of those friends who, you know, those people who you can, you don't even talk to them necessarily very often. You can go several months or maybe maybe even a year and and you don't really speak much, but then you can kind of just pick it up where you left off when you reconnect. He's one of those people. uh, He's an entrepreneur. He is a triathlete. He is most importantly, one of my go-to people for good food conversation, exchanging recipes. And he is Dave Carriger. Hi, Dave. Hey, Jenny. Thank you uh, so much for having me on your podcast. Well, thanks for joining me. It is a great excuse to catch up. What else should people know about you? Uh, yeah. So as you mentioned, I race triathlons. I'm visually impaired. I have retinitis pigmentosa. So racing triathlons involves uh, a sighted guide. Um, I love to go out and frequent good food, as you mentioned in the intro, uh, good uh, beverages. It's always great to go out and listen to the live music. And I also, as you said, I'm uh, starting out in my journey of entrepreneurship and I run a small business called Blind Man Cooking that I'm sure we'll talk about more. Uh, But it's basically where I'm teaching some basic and simple cooking classes to both sighted and visually impaired people. And I'm also cooking and selling some delicious baked goods at local markets and by order out of my home kitchen for now. Amazing. We have so much in common as you list all that stuff. I'm like, we need to hang out and talk about training for a race or uh, talk about baked goods and get together for a meal. I remember last time we were together, we ran a road race and then we went out for a big brunch at one of my favorite spots. So here's hoping maybe we can do that again someday soon with Blind Man Cooking, Dave. I bet that you've learned a lot of stuff along the way. And there are probably some good blind and low vision moments in there. And uh, I'd like to share one of my hard-earned lessons with you (laughs) right out of the gate here. Yeah, I'd love to hear it. So my husband and I used to live in this tiny apartment, super weird layout apartment in Halifax. It's kind of a Halifax thing. And the walls were really this cool, bright neon green color. That was probably the best thing about this weird apartment. The worst thing was the lack of counter space. It was probably the tiniest amount of counter space I've ever had in my life, Uh, but we made it work. So one day I'm in the kitchen cooking up some muffins 
I'm cooking them up to bring to work to share with my coworkers. I love to bake stuff and share it with people. As you know, there's just something about it that it makes you feel good. You get to make someone's day. You get to maybe sample and eat some of it yourself. So anywho, I'm baking up some cookies. Sorry, it was muffins. I'm baking up some muffins. And um, nowadays, I know that getting all your ingredients out, getting all your tools out ahead of time, that makes life a lot easier. You know where everything is. You can grab the ingredients as you go. But at the time, like I said, very little counter space. So I'm in the middle of uh, mixing my ingredients and I say, Hey, Eve, that's my husband's name for those who don't know. I say, hey, Eve, can you hand me that bag of sugar over there, please? And he opens up the bag of sugar and hands it to me. And um, before he hands it to me, actually, he says, how long have you been using this bag of sugar? And I say, well, I don't know. I've probably been cooking with it for a few months now. And he's uh, got this look on his face, this worried look on his face. And we're both kind of silent for a minute. And I say, why? What? What's the problem? And he says, well, there's a bunch of little white bugs. Oh, no. all, all through. <laughs> yes. And I never, never in a million years would have seen them. Not ever. So I'm, <laughs> first of all, I'm like, what are you talking about? What, what, how can there be a bunch of bugs in there? So I look in it and I see, obviously I see nothing. And he's like, well, they're little white bugs. Oh no. So and I, and my heart just sank and I was like, oh shit, I have been cooking with this and baking things up for my friends and family and coworkers and been sharing baked goods for months all with a little bit of extra protein in them, apparently. <laughs> so luckily, nobody got sick. There were no complaints. Kind of kept it under my hat for <laughs> for a while. But now I think it's time to share. <laughs> I learned a really valuable lesson. And that lesson is, apparently there are these things called flower mites. But they can live in other things, not just flour. Apparently, they show up in sugar because that's where I found mine, but other like dry goods that you might keep in a pantry. So my lesson after doing a bit of research was if you keep that shit in a, a sealed container, like a Tupperware type thing, it's going to make all the difference and you won't have any flower mites. Oh, my God. You that is crazy. You must have been like, what is this when he was telling you? Because obviously when you're making food to be shared you always have that little bit of debt not not doubt but that little thing in your stomach where you're like man hope nobody gets sick off any of this oh i hope there's no cat hair in there you know yeah, I hope exactly it's easy to miss these things when you don't see right it's true yeah so then you're like obviously flower mites i would never be able to see that I, keep, keep it in a sealed container that's that's the lesson here yes everything should be in a sealed container for sure and they're white apparently i still don't really know what they looked like i mean i googled it afterward of course got a good look at them and read up on how to prevent them <laughs> but i'm sure you've had some moments like that you love cooking and baking for people yeah we have two dogs so the thought of you know hair being in my food and i'm always double and triple checking whenever i mix mix batters and stuff like that 
you know, I'll share one of my cooking accidents that we can now laugh about. Actually, it kind of led to the name of my small business, Blind Man Cooking, as it came from a kind of a goofy hashtag. You know, I was making this dish for my family as I uh, learned to cook. I kind of took over the cooking or definitely helped out a lot with the cooking uh, for my mom and the rest of my family. Lucky them. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, so I was making this pasta dish and as you mentioned, you know, you want to get everything out and you want to get it prepped before so you're not, you know, diving into the the spoon drawer with a messy hand or looking for a, you know, a spice or something, you know, last second and then end up burning your, you know, your vegetables or your sauce or whatever anyway. So I decided it'd be a great idea to open this bag of pasta. So I cut the top off of it and, uh, you know, never thought the fact that, you know, it's not that stable. So you probably should put it in something so it doesn't fall over anyway. So anyway, so finally get the, uh, the water boiled and you know, I'm managing you know, the it and the sauce at the same time. And with my vision, like I mentioned, I have RP and it gets worse as we go along through life. I started feeling around for the bag of pasta, not being able to remember, remember where I put it. And didn't I knock the whole bag all over the floor, <laughs> feeling around for it? You didn't take a good enough mental note of where you'd left it. I definitely did not. And anyways, I was, you know, mad at myself. And, you know, then at the end of it, I just kind of had to, you know, sit back, as I'm sure you've done, and be like, what did I do? And just start, you know, laughing at yourself. And and now with the, uh, you know, the world of social media, I, I picked up my phone and, made a kind of laugh at myself post on Facebook and and put a goofy hashtag saying just spilled the whole bag of pasta all over the floor in preparation (laughs) you know hashtag blind man cooking and anyways it kind of took off from there so I love that story I love it because it's relatable it's so relatable because you're so frustrated and annoyed at the moment and and all the thoughts are like well what the hell am I going to make for dinner now did you have like backup pasta like what did you do Knowing my how my mom likes to grocery shop, I'm sure we had backup pasta in the cupboard, and I'm sure I just opened another box and poured it directly into the pot of boiling water. I didn't set it down so I wouldn't knock yet a second box of pasta all over the floor. See, Im- immediately lesson learned. Let's not open the pasta, uh, especially if it's in a bag. Yeah, note to self, they don't stand up. So... <laughs> And you have to clean that shit up. It was it wasn't like uh like a string pasta, like like a spaghetti or a fettuccine. I think it was elbow. I think it was elbow noodles, oh. if I remember. Oh god, you're probably finding that shit for weeks after. Yeah, we have uh ceramic tile, so it all through the upstairs of the house I was finding <laughs> noodles for a few days. <laughs> Oh, man. It was a nice little treasure hunt. But see, it sounds like pretty quickly you're like, this is a funny moment. I need to share this on the internet because other people are, number one, going to find this funny. And and number two, hopefully relate, which is what we do on this podcast. We tell funny stories and and, and relate to them. And yeah, sometimes we learn a lesson too, right? I love cooking for my family too. I like cooking for people in general. It's, I don't know, there's so many things about it that make me happy. You're sharing something. You're, it lets you be creative. I remember one time I was so embarrassed. And it's, it's funny to think about now, way after the fact, as so many of these stories go, 
even when we're around our family or people we've known forever, I find that I can still get I, I find I can still get really embarrassed when some of this stuff happens. And I think it's for me, it comes from I always just want to show people I like I can do it, whatever. It doesn't matter that I can't see. Well, I'm going to be I can still do this thing. I can still do this thing. Well, I can figure it out. But sometimes it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't go exactly as planned. And it's still easy to, I think, be embarrassed, even if it's your family that you're cooking for and there's a disaster. Perfect example was uh, my sister bought a home a few years back, and it was one of my first times visiting her in her new home and and, uh, staying the weekend. And I thought, oh, you know, it'll be great. I will make breakfast for everyone. I'll make breakfast for my sister and her husband and, and the nephews. It'll be great. And I'll do something basic. So can't really mess it up. Quick and basic bacon and eggs. Perfect. How do you like your eggs? Everyone likes the crispy bacon in that house. So I, the plan was to make it a little bit burnt. <laughs> but but I didn't burn the bacon. That That's not the story. Oh, well, that's good then. What, <laughs> what, what happened is... Um, you know, you, you know, when you're in a new space, you're in a new kitchen, no matter whether you have vision loss or not, you're always kind of like fumbling around, like where, where's this, where's that? How do these buttons on the stove work? So in the midst of figuring all that stuff out, I managed to get the pan nice and hot on the stovetop, cracked a couple eggs in there, got those going and I'm standing there and I'm like, something smells not right. Something is burning. So I'm staring at like I'm scanning the stovetop and I'm, I'm not, nothing is smoking. Nothing is burning. The eggs look normal. And I'm, I'm just like, what the fuck? What is, what is this awful smell? And I'm thinking to myself, okay, maybe, maybe they haven't used this pan in a while, or maybe there's some crap on the bottom of the pan, you know, something, sometimes something gets stuck under there. So I think, okay, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna like lift up the pan and, and see if there's maybe, I don't know, some food or something that didn't get washed off and it's, it's burning and smelling funny. I lift up the pan that's got the eggs on it. And I discover a bunch of fucking melted plastic under this pan. Oh no. And you know what it was? It was... (laughs) The stovetop is black. It's like one of these flat top stovetops, which are difficult for those of us, many of us with with visual impairment, right? It's an added challenge. Oh, definitely. But it's a black stovetop. And I saw like there's something crusty, something melting under there. And I'm like, what? What is this? And there's a bunch of it. And I'm like, it smells like fucking burning plastic. Breakfast is ruined. Oh, no. I don't know what this is. The fire, the smoke alarm starts going off. That that's when the embarrassment sits in. I'm just like, okay, I could have dealt with this until the fucking smoke alarm goes off. So it's beep beep beep, and I'm just like, oh no, they're never gonna let me back here again. They're never gonna let me in the kitchen again. Finally, we figured out what it was. It was a black plastic lid for a tin of coffee. You know, like those bent, like those flexible round lids that come on a can of coffee and it was black and apparently I'm pretty sure it was sitting there on the stove the whole time and I just didn't see it because it blended in with the stove top the flat top very well I placed the pan directly on top of it and went to town and started cooking the damn thing (laughs) but man it was so embarrassing at the time and it and it feels silly to say you know it's 
I was with family. It should, they know that I can't see, but it's just like, you know, what are they thinking? Oh, fucking blind girl in the kitchen. Can't let her in there. I, I completely understand. I have one of those flat top stoves. I definitely agree. They're not the most uh, blind friendly appliances. And if you do get something melted on them, they make such a mess and they're such a pain in the ass to, you know, clean off. You basically got to like scrape it off, like you say, with almost like a putty knife or something. Have you ever had a, a bad stove story? Have you ever had a bad stove experience? Yeah, actually. So I lived in Ottawa for a couple of years, well, actually on the, on the Gatineau side. And, you know, I was going to a dinner party for the... Oh. Remember dinner parties? Sorry. <laughs> they were so much fun. Oh, I miss it. Dinner parties and potlucks were where it was at. I love a potluck because you can try so much food. It's like the best meal you can get. So anyway, we decided, you know, I was going to make an appetizer. I had this sourdough bread in the, like, the proofing stage, and it was getting ready. You know, it had to be baked, and I was like, okay, well, I'll just bake that, and, you know, maybe I'll take it to the dinner party as well. I wasn't supposed to make an appetizer, but I was like, whatever, it's got to be baked, so I'll throw it in the oven. And I had my stove and my oven marked, but uh, the bake button and the broil button were right above and below each other. So you normally have like a tactile indicator on there? Yeah, so I have, like, it was a flat panel system on the, uh, on the for the buttons on the oven and stove. That's what I have. I'm always climbing up on the stove to see what it, what the hell it says. So yeah, so I had the uh, like the tactile dots on it, so really shouldn't have made you know the mistake. Talk about your embarrassing mistakes, but anyway, I got everything ready. I got the loaf of bread all kind of mixed and shaped in the pan. Got it all ready to go, and I threw it in because this particular method you start with a cold oven so i threw it in the oven and i hit what i thought was bake and what i found out an hour later was broil oh, no an hour on broil dave was your smoke alarm going off i did not set off the smoke alarm somehow i don't know that's worrisome don't ask me how i didn't set off the smoke <laughs> alarm but anyways <laughs> yeah my partner comes home and i'm like yeah so i'm just gonna you know jump in the shower and get ready to go to this dinner party would you mind taking the loaf of bread out of the oven <laughs> so she's like yeah um how long did you cook this for and i was like just a regular amount of time because i'd made a few uh loaves of sourdough bread i i went to a, a sourdough bread making class and it's uh, not your first rodeo no and they all turned out perfect <laughs> yeah lo and behold we take it out and it's black <laughs> it's black as your shoe and i'm like oh no because i'm supposed to be going to this dinner party and of course you know mr big mouth here told everybody that yeah i'll bring some sourdough bread to have as well because i had to bake this so then i'm like oh no what am i gonna do you know i guess most people will just text your friends and be like hey the sourdough bread didn't turn out so i'm just gonna bring the bread oh no i'm just gonna bring the brownies but no i had to come up with an elaborate scheme to still have sourdough bread. Save face. I like it. <laughs> so on the way to the dinner party, I stopped at a local like artisan bakery and picked up a loaf of bread and brought it to the dinner party. Uh, sliced it up. <laughs> <laughs> so halfway through like the main course, we're all sitting around. And so they're like, Dave, man, that was some really delicious sourdough bread. Can we have you know your recipe? 
And I'm, I'm like, well, actually, guys, I have a bit of a bit of a story to tell you. So halfway through the main course, when you know we were all about you know three or four beer deep, I actually confessed, told them the story about how luckily I didn't burn down the house, and I came out with this completely black and completely rock hard loaf. I'm soured over it. That's great dinner party conver. That's a great conversation starter, though. Luckily, the brownies I made for dessert were uh, legitimately mine, and they turned out amazing. And you know, I was able to save myself. So, <laughs> oh my god, I, I'm I'm sorry, but I'm so glad you hit Royal because it's that's such a good story. <laughs> it's so easy to be angry and frustrated in in the moment, and like for those of you listening, don't get us wrong. We know that everyone. Everyone fucks up in the kitchen. You don't need to have any kind of visual impairment to mess up in the kitchen. It's easy to mess up in the kitchen. I think all we're saying is it, there, there's a little bit more room for it for, for us. Even just stupid little things, like you mentioned how the, the touch, uh, like the touch panel and the flat stovetop, all these little things pose an extra little challenge. And even when you think you got everything on track, you got everything organized, there's that little room for error. One thing I'm always doing is I'm always turning on uh, like the range above my stove. I'm always turning on the light when I mean to turn on the fan. And I'm always turning on the fan when I mean to turn on the light. And the other day, I actually like climbed up on the counter and put my nose against these buttons so I could try to like put into my memory, okay, which is which? Like, is it left or is it right? Because for we've lived in the same house for like five years and I still can't get it in my brain, which is which. And um, so I got up on there, I put my nose to it and I was like, holy shit, this is what... <laughs> This is what people who just can glance up at this and, and see it see. Like, it's so clear. Yeah, that whole glancing thing we don't have. Like, you know, peering into the cupboard and be like, oh, look, I have this, this, and this. And I can make that with these ingredients where you're like pulling out your iPhone and calling Be My Eyes or FaceTime with a friend or family member and be like, okay, what's in my cupboard yeah, today? Yeah, there's that extra bit if of planning. Don't have everything, if you don't have everything in its specific place and memorized is the second thing. and as we were mentioning before the podcast with, you know, COVID, I think everybody's memories have just gone to mush. Everyone's a flake now. <laughs> it's okay to be a flake. All these cans that are the same size and same shape or these same boxes that are the same size and same shape. And you're like, well, is this chicken broth or is this, you know, canned corn or peas? So, but yeah, it's like you say, there is that definite little added ability to, uh, you know, you know, mess up in, in the kitchen for us. You know what I'm always doing? And you know, maybe this is actually a benefit, especially if you spill your first bag of pasta. I'm always buying stuff that I already have because I think I've run out. And then I go and put it in the pantry and it was like, you know, it was just a little bit out of sight. <laughs> it was just a little too far back that I didn't see it. Um, now you have seven of them. Yeah, exactly. It's not going to back up in case I spill it all over the floor. Yeah, well, it's always good to have a backup. 
I inadvertently have backups, which, like I said, not a bad thing. Now, you mentioned potlucks and dinner parties, and oh my God, I miss a good potluck. I work, I've been working from home for years, even uh, before the pandemic. And that that is the thing I miss the most about going into uh, an office or like work environment in person. That's the potlucks. Because like you said, everyone tends to bring something different and interesting to the table. And uh, I've got one super, um, super entertaining thing that happened and, and I couldn't make a thing of it in the moment. And it now now it's just like, it's my favorite potluck story. So Oh God, I miss potlucks. Anyway, I just like hearing people tell me how much they love the cake I brought. No. <laughs> okay. So I'm at a work potluck. It's, it's, there are a lot of people there. There are like a good 20 people at this potluck. And there was this awesome looking um, uh, rice dish and it had veggies all through it or what I thought were veggies anyway. So I took a bunch of this rice dish and we're all sitting around the table chatting, whatever. And um, I go to take a big bite of what I think is this lovely rice dish with lots of veggies in it. And I'm like, oh, that's a nice big piece of juicy carrot. I'm going to bite right into that. And it turns out it was not a carrot at all, Dave. Do you want to take a guess what it was? Was it something you were allergic to? No, I'm not really allergic to anything. But okay, well, I I don't eat I don't eat a lot of seafood. Like I like fish, but I'm I'm not a fan of the seafood. The the so anyway, it wasn't a carrot. It was a big old piece it was a big old shrimp. Oh. <laughs> and you know shrimp has this texture. It's got its own I'm sh- I, I'm trying ugh. I shudder just thinking about the texture of shrimp. I can't do fucking shrimp. But you're at a potluck and you're and I'm like, I'm probably sitting right next to the person that made this. I can't very well like spit it into like spit it into the napkin. <laughs> I've got to deal with this and eat this piece of shrimp that I really don't want to have anywhere near my mouth. So I learned a valuable lesson again that day. Um clarify what's in a dish did you ask for ingredients from then on or did you what did you do did you just like take a gigantic drink i of your beverage yeah i i couldn't even really chew it dave mask the flavor i couldn't even really chew it i i kind of just i don't know i think i took a couple attempts at chewing the thing and then i just swallowed it probably pretty whole and then I oh, shoved man. some meatballs into my mouth to try and get the <laughs> try and get a new flavor in there. But the worst thing was that you can't react, right? No. Like, you're probably right in front of or right next to the person that made that dish. It's not their fault I don't like shrimp. <laughs> yeah, that's one of the things about dealing with visual impairments or vision loss is you kind of have to really keep your expressions, whether positive or negative i guess really like kind of to yourself because it's you don't know who you could potentially offend because you don't always know who's in the vicinity well who's like just out of your vision sight but still in you know hearing sight or hearing distance you know so it's you yeah you like you say you got to take one for the team and get that piece of shrimp down and then <laughs> say oh i'm i'm kind of full uh eve do you want That's the right. rest of my rice That's right <laughs> So Dave, my God, so good catching up. Can't thank you enough for joining me and chatting and laughing. 
how can how can people connect with you online and and mainly get connected with Blind Man Cooking because you got some delicious baked goods and and other stuff going on. I keep wanting to say BMC for Blind Man Cooking, but I don't know if if you're okay with that. Yeah, you can call it BMC. Uh, you know, I'm probably gonna start using that as well because Blind Man Cooking is a bit long sometimes. Uh, but yeah, people can find me online. I have uh, I'm both on both Facebook and Instagram uh, right now, and you just find me at at Blind Man Cooking on both of those. I post everything from stuff I cook for the family and you know stuff I cook for Blind Man Cooking personally or professionally. I host my classes. I I post them for those listening. The food porn is real. It is it is lovely. It is baked goods all the way to he he got he got skills. It's true. I have some skills. Thank you so much for listening. Yes, you. I hope you enjoyed hanging out with Dave and I. Do you have any low vision moments you would like to share? Are you liking the podcast? I'm kind of dying to know, so you should really get in touch leave a voicemail at 1-866-509-4545. One more time, that number is 1-866-509-4545. Make sure to mention low vision moments in the message, please and thanks. I am also on Instagram and Twitter. Find me there under uberblonde4. That's U-B-E-R-B-L-O-N-D-E and the number four. This podcast would not be possible without the technical production prowess of Sam Robinson. And a thank you to manager at AMI-audio, the illustrious Andy Frank. Until next time. Cheers. Join me every couple weeks for the Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther podcast, where we learn about outdoor tech and tips. Plus, we look at news affecting the environment. AMI's Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther is available from your favorite podcast provider.